Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. I'm your host, Brad Tunar, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Pippin Williamson. Hey, everyone. Uh, today, before we get started, we want to welcome our sponsors for this episode. Ninja Forms were kind enough to sponsor the episode. Uh, Ninja Forms is a WordPress plugin for creating forms in your site. Contact forms, survey forms, newsletter signups, etc. Uh, it's a fantastic plugin with very active development. You can find them at ninjaforms.com or wpninjas.com. Yeah, we're using we'll it on uh, on the Apply Filters site. We are. It, it works really, really well. We're using it for our little newsletter signup in the sidebar. Yeah, uh, but it, it does much more powerful things than that. Um, it can do much, much more advanced forms. So I'd highly suggest checking it out. If you're also if you're a developer interested in an open source project, it's a really good one to contribute to. Uh, they're act, very active. Contrib- there's a, a lot of active development on their GitHub profile. Cool. So it's a free plugin, but there are right. add-ons. It's a, it's a free paid. plugin that has some paid paid extensions for okay. it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty sweet plugin. I like it a lot. Right on. Should we jump into our? Uh, First topic about what we've been working on recently. Sure. Go for it, Brad. Take us away. All right. Uh, yeah, I've just uh, been uh, replying to feedback <laughs> for uh, the 1.3 launch of WP Migrate DB Pro. And uh, so, just... what, was, what was in that launch? Was that your new Media Files add-on? Yeah, that's right. Media Files add-on, and you could filter post types out of uh, migrations now as well. So... so, if I wanted to do a migration of only my attachment post type, I can do that. Yep, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, so it's it's the little things that add up. <laughs> um, I suspect that wasn't really that little of a thing. Uh, that wasn't too bad, actually. Uh, no? It's mostly UI change, to be honest. Uh, so it wasn't, and, and we just copied the, the table uh, filter. When, UI, when you're so. doing that as well, so let's say that I want to get uh, just the post post type. So I don't want pages, I don't want attachments, I just want post. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you do that, and let's say that you're also pulling over the comments database, mm-hmm. would it only pull comments related to posts? Or if you had another post type that had comments enabled on it, would it pull those too? True, it does now. <laughs> During our beta phase, we uh, identified that as a bug. Uh, okay. But yeah. It, I, wasn't now... su- I wasn't sure how far you went with it. I mean, because I think yeah. it would have been very easy to just be like, you know what? This only applies to the post table yeah. and the post meta table. Yeah. No, that was that was something we ident- we identified, and then we were like, you know what? It definitely shouldn't migrate comments that are attached to sure. uh, to those posts. So, yeah, well, that's we, cool. We exclude those, which I, I think makes sense. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, what else? Uh, you said that you were replying to some feedback. What kind of feedback were you getting? Well, we changed our price. Related to the. Oh, pricing change. Those well, are... change the pricing. Feedback and... on pricing can be terrifying. Yeah, sometimes. I was a little nervous about it, but overall, did uh, we overall came out pretty well. Sorry, did overall it come out pretty well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Good. I think yeah, it was mostly positive. There was a little confusion. That was the main source of negativity. A lot of people misunderstood. So, I think I just didn't do a great job of communicating exactly what had changed. So, I think that was sure. probably. Well, I think problem. that's really easy to do. I mean, especially when you're so, when you're so close to a product. Uh, it can be very easy to be like uh, to to think that the licensing, the terms, et cetera, are all very very clear. Yeah. But it turns out from a customer's perspective, they're maybe not quite so clear. Yeah, exactly. I, I I've definitely seen a lot of questions like that where 
what, the first time I read the question, I just kind of shake my head, like, why didn't you, why didn't you realize that? And then I have to kind of step back and think, well, maybe there's something that I'm missing that isn't nearly as clear. Yeah, and I think that the other thing is that you know we're so early uh, in in the buying of plugins, you know, <laughs> like like oh people, certainly it's not like people have been buying plugins for you know ten years at this point. Well, and I think so, part of part of being so early in that there's a lot of different ways that plugins are being sold right now, a lot of different terms, licensing, etc. And so there's not a consistent. Um, experience for users. So sometimes they're buying something forever. Sometimes they're buying it for a year. Sometimes Absolutely. sometimes they're really just buying access to support. And I think I mean some people are really good about being clear on what's being purchased. Some are are not. So that's definitely true. Yeah. A lot of it it just comes down to education. Yeah. And and that's education what... and then presentation of that. And that and that's pretty much why I've been <laughs> furiously replying to emails <laughs> for the last couple of days so that's kind of what it comes down to um, that's cool yeah but what, you, what have you been working on well uh, right now we've been I have a big push uh, from now until January and for the last couple of months to get the next version of easy digital downloads out which is 1.9 uh, and it, it's had a lot of improvements uh, I, I think the last three episodes of apply filters have all talked about some uh, enhancement or something that I've been working on for it. Like last last time, I, I've been working on an e, uh, a graphing class to allow you to to build a graphing uh, to basically provide a piece of data and then have it graphed for you. So that's now done. Uh, but then I was moving on to doing some general bug fixes, and I ran into a doozy, and it ended up consuming about four hours of my life last night. And so I have this bug where we have a settings we have our settings screen and we have a tabbed screen. Uh, so there's some, some of the settings are displayed on each screen. All of these settings are, are stored in just one option in the database as one big array. And, uh, and it just uses the standard WordPress settings API. There's nothing special about it. I mean, there's nothing abnormal, no ton, there's not a lot of custom code in there in terms of how settings are stored or sanitized and things like that. But anyway, we discovered this bug uh, when another developer was building an extension where if you pull the options from the database using just say like the get option call, and then so you have one big array of options, and then you change one value. So let's say you change the value of some key or other, and then you pass it back through update option, uh, which is a very standard practice. It actually wipes out all of the settings for the plugin. Um, and so instead of just updating that one value, every single value gets it's just gone. It obliterates them. And I have not, for the life of me, been able to figure it out yet. So, and like, it's really, really interesting. So, every option in the options table just gets set to empty string. Is that? <laughs> oh what you no, no, no. Sorry. Only, uh, so only our one option. So we have one option called EDD settings, yep. which is an array of values. Yeah. Keys, a value pair. And when you run EDD settings through update option, after you've changed that one value, it just gives it a blank array, basically, instead of giving it. It's 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 normal array of values, so it doesn't actually save it. So at some point during the save process, it it's interpreting, it's perceiving the data to be incorrect and just giving it a blank array instead. Ah, so and so then all you, of the ED settings option it? is just gone. No, did I haven't you? fixed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it so, turned into a rabbit hole, and, and, I've and never, I'm guessing I, you I you already you already dug into the serialization stuff to see if it actually. Serialized properly. 
because that would be my first mm-hmm. guess is that the serialization. I haven't looked at the serialization that's a good idea um I was what I was looking at was the the sanitization callback. Mm-hmm. So when you use the register setting function, it has the third parameter is a callback function to sanitize the data before it's saved. And so we had a large callback function that we had there that was looping through some data and doing some stuff with it, applying some of our own filters as well. And so I thought that was messing it up mm-hmm. because we actually did have one place in that function where if a value wasn't there, it would turn it into just an empty array. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that even if I disable that, it still fails, Hmm. which was strange. And so at that point, it's like it's straight up WordPress core. There's very little else in there. We have basically register setting on admin init, and that's it. Yeah. I've never really run into uh, an issue with serialization, because the PHP serialization function is very robust. It can handle pretty much anything you throw into it. Mm-hmm. But it's this case almost sounds like it's spitting It does kind of sound like one value array. wasn't correctly serialized, so it says, oh, this is no longer valid. We're going to return false. Yeah. Well, or whatever serialized does when it's in, invalid data. Yeah. Well, good yeah. luck, man. That is what it seems like. So <laughs> anyway, so that... That's my that's my rabbit hole. That's what I'm I'm working on. I wish I was working on things that were much more interesting, but <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes you just gotta go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, well, I I usually almost every single release, whether it's for EDD or some other plugin, I end up having like two or three bugs that sit there for a month or two because I just don't want to attack them. Unfortunately, we're like three weeks from the deadline for the release, so I have to. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Shall we jump on to our, our next topic? Sure. This is actually a listener question uh, from, and I can actually pronounce this because I can speak French. Oh, nice. His name is Luc Princern. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's French because if not, I really butchered that. <laughs> uh, and he asks, what think... do you guys use to deploy WordPress websites? So, And this is a topic that comes up a lot, I think. Yeah. So we're talking all about deployment. Yeah. Fun stuff. So we kind of broke this down into a couple different uh, sections. So we'll talk about first about deploying the code and then talk about deploying the deba- database and then go into some other stuff. Yeah. And I, th- I think we'll have to be pretty brief on most of these. So we probably won't get too in-depth with them. Uh, it'll be a lot of just kind of mentioning, here's a quick overview of what they do, simply due to time constraints. And there's a lot of a lot of different ones here. Yeah. So if sure. anybody if if anybody's interested in going more in depth with any of these, feel free to email us, post a comment to show notes, etc. Yeah. And and I we'll link everything up that we're talking about here in the show notes with, you know, a yeah. little bit extra information and stuff. Um, so, what's the first one for deploying code? Oh, good old FTP. <laughs> you know what? It still works. It does. And and it's the most reliable, I would say in terms of availability, the, right? Like it's right, always, in terms it's of availability. always available, right? Yeah. If, um, if you don't have FTP on your host, then get, get a new host. Yeah, 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 there's something wrong. Although, you know what? A lot of hosts, uh, like managed hosts, don't provide that. Uh, really? Or, I think, don't think WP Engine provided it in the very beginning. Oh, they? They, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know near the beginning. They do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, FTP is like, it's got to, you got to have yeah. it, right? Um, but, but overall, it's it's really not great for deployment for some very 
for some some big reasons. Um, for small sites, it works really great. Uh, larger sites, it should probably try to be avoided. Um, yeah, and and the tools matter in this in this case. If you if you don't have any other option but to use FTP, uh, you're gonna probably want to you know get a good tool. Uh, I've used certainly Transmit in the past. Transmit's uh, really good. It's only available for Mac though, so if you're on Windows, you'll have to find something else. But uh, Transmit has this sync feature that actually compares the timestamps on files, so you, it doesn't have to upload everything again right it'll just upload oh that's your, nice your changes yeah, that's really nice um so i've used that in the past um and then another thing that you can do uh is you can use this uh little ruby gem called dandelion in conjunction what, what is that in conjunction i've heard with, of it but i'm not familiar with it yeah it's a it's a little ruby gem uh like so command line tool uh that works in conjunction with git so you you set uh, your FTP credentials in a little config file, and then you s just do dandelion deploy, and it will upload the uh, difference based so on your, your Git. So you're working commit. in it. You're basically working in your Git repository, making, yeah. and you have all your different commits, and then dandelion will deploy those changes via FTP to the server. Yes, yeah, so it, it will actually do a Git. Uh, it'll use Git to determine which files have changed. Does that assume that the Git repository is on the server as well, or are you just deploying to a directory on a server? You're just deploying to a directory. So it does the the Git compare locally on your local machine. And That's then, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I it's I actually discovered it just as I was finishing up client work, <laughs> and this had been a big problem for me that because oftentimes that with client work you don't have, have SSS you, you SSH have access, like right? hostgator or godaddy or or, exactly. or small standard hosts that your your most common tool is FTP so that that would be great for for those developers that are familiar with git that use a git workflow and would like a deployment system but are working in environments where it's not available that's yeah. cool yeah dandelion is a savior for that <laughs> yeah, um, that's really awesome so what about these other two that we have on here? Deploy HQ and deploy.io. Can you talk a little bit about those? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll just mention them really. I haven't used them personally. They're just uh, they're services, like so SaaS services that you you subscribe to, and they do kind of you know the whole, like you enter your FTP credentials and you give it your GitHub repository, and it kind of just magically syncs up your your site uh, so that so these these things are you know fully supported you can they have documentation like and support so you can contact them for support and everything mm -hmm. so i just recommend just go and check out their websites everything is very clear uh there and cool. uh yeah they look like very good services but like i said haven't haven't tried um awesome one thing i should we should mention before moving on to databases is uh, what if you do have SSH access to the server, right? Like, oh, certainly. Um, well, if you have SSH access to the server and and you are a, a Git developer, there's a lot of different ways that you can do deployments with Git, mm -hmm. um, and not not requiring any kind of service or anything like that. Um, I've I've done it in a variety of ways. Um, what I've actually done recently with some sites. 
And I'm sure some people will frown at this. Um, some of this was out of need. Some of it was just because I've never done a lot. I have not, I don't have that much experience with doing large site deployments. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually, instead of pushing to a server, I always pulled down to a server. Okay. Um, so I actually, I would have, I would have my repository sitting somewhere, like, like, GitHub. Uh, like a private GitHub repository sure. or Bitbucket or something like that. And then, so then I would push to that and then I could actually pull from that into my staging server or into my live server. Yeah, I don't, I don't see and that's actually a model that. that I use. That's one that I use a lot right now with, with, with um, the site that I work on for cgcookie.com. Yeah. We have a staging server and a live server, and then we keep everything in different branches. So we we have our stand, we have our, our master branch, and then a, and we have a dev branch, and then we'll do feature branches as well for testing new features. Right. Um, and so then we just pull down from those, and that works really well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the disadvantage like to it um, is that instead of just being able to say git push and everything goes live, we have to then log it. We have to SSH into the server, yeah. go to the repository, and then pull it down. So there's a little bit of extra steps in there, um, yeah. but it still works really well. Yeah, no, that's that's works pretty good. Um, I've actually set up. Uh, I kind of started a while ago to kind of refining this process uh, with an article from Joe Mahler called uh, "A Web Focused Git Workflow." And I feel like I've seen that before, but I've never read it. Yeah, it's pretty much the first hit on on Google when you search for Git Web Workflow. I mean, nice. Uh, so. Uh, if he kind of details how you, you set it up, like your basic uh, Git push system. And I guess the golden rule is to never push to a live repository. So, so or sorry, uh, never push to a, a working copy. So, Got it. <clears throat> so just a, uh, I think it's called a bare repository. Mm -hmm. Um so that's what you do. You you push to this bare repository, and then you use a uh, hook, a git push hook, to then uh, pull from the working copy. Interesting. And, I've never. I, I have not done. Yeah, it's it's a little more work to set up, but there are some serious advantages. Um, for example, what what I've got right now, uh, when I do a git push uh, for deliciousbrains.com, it actually mirrors the repository to GitHub as well. And then it uh, updates uh, the assets, any assets that need to go to Amazon S3, it actually uploads those. Oh, very cool. And, uh, and then it also updates the files in the web root. So it does like all this cool stuff and in one step and like deploys everything in one command you know so it's it's uh and it's fully customizable right I, I could do other things if i wanted to so yeah it's pretty neat yeah that's pretty slick uh the other thing that you could do with ssh access is you could just run rsync an rsync command and that would just uh copy the changes between you know your local and your remote repository um, i use that a lot for um not so much for deployments, but I use it a lot for um, copying over from a live server to a staging server. Right. So, like, for cgcookie.com, for example, we have, like, 30 to 50 gigabytes worth of images. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we want to replicate everything exactly as is to our staging server. Yep. <laughs> there, 
let's just say things like FTP don't work so well for that. <laughs> our sync works beautifully though, because it takes about three seconds and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how our sync works, but it's it's almost magic. I have no idea how the technology works. It's cool though. Yeah, it, Props you know, to the people that created it. Yeah, it, it's like it instantly knows what's changed, even though, you know, like you said, there might be four gigs and thousands of files, right? It, it must build some kind of index and then just update it or something. Yeah. But it's really cool, though. I still, still boggles my mind how good it is. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into a little bit on deploying databases as well. Um, like we mentioned, we're, we're really just going to touch on some of these topics. Um, so we're not going to get too in-depth with these as well. Um, I think the first thing that we have in deployed database, um, and I'll, I'll talk about these initially. Um, Brad is pretty familiar with them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're deploying WordPress databases, and so let's say that you have a local development site that you've been working on, and, and then you have a live one. And you have the, the files are the same in both places. Oops, sorry, I just hit my mic. The files are the same in both places. And you just want to sync the content. So Brad has written two plugins called WP Migrate DB and WP Migrate DB Pro, which there's, just, there's the free version, WP Migrate DB, that's on WordPress.org. And then there's the pro version on deliciousbrains.com as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're really slick because they basically allow you to take your database from, from one site and migrate it to another and, and do all of the URL updates and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it works really, really well for e e whether you're doing deployments or you're doing just testing, um, migrations, whatever it is that you're moving. If you need to move the database, those work really well. Yeah. And I know you've, you, everyone's heard us talk about them a couple times um, based on what you've been working on and just past episodes and things like that. Yeah. I mean, so. the, the, I guess the, the problems these things solve might be important to touch on because, you know, people might be wondering, why don't you just use PHP MindMan, export the database, right, dump the database and then it. import it on the other side? Well, <clears throat> if you've tried that, you know that it doesn't work because <laughs> the, uh, first of all, the, the two options for a site URL and home URL need to be updated before you can even access mm -hmm. the dashboard. <laughs> right. Otherwise, you get error establishing database connection yeah. or a similar error. Well, actually, you get a, a redirect, a infinite redirect. Oh, that's usually, right. Right? Because it's like it's trying to redirect to the URL that doesn't exist <laughs> that it can't find. But so, so those two options are pretty easy to update. But, you know, there's some bigger problems, too, uh, yeah. aside from those. Uh, like, think about if you have, let's say you're working locally and you've built all of your content out and you're ready to migrate this, this client site up to their live server, and you've built all the content, which is, includes images and, and internal links and all these things, well, if you have any links that are, that are the full URLs and not relative links, mm -hmm. those all have to be updated as well. So these plugins will go search all of your post content, your comment content, all of those places for those URLs, and we'll update them as well. Right. And then and so that can, some people that might be huge. Yeah, and some people might be wondering, okay, well, why don't I just run a find and replace on that export file, <laughs> right? Just a simple find and replace. Sure. Uh, but what happens if one of those URLs are contained in, let's say, a widget? Well, if, if it's serialized, right. Then the serialization breaks, right? Yep. And so these so plugins will them. fix the serialization. You lose those um, widgets if you do that. Another option, so for those people that do want to do things a little bit more manually, um, there is actually a really good script for, for doing a search and replace that's written specifically for WordPress databases, and it's called um, 
it's actually just called search and replace for WordPress databases, but it comes from a web, website called Interconnected, and we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, but it's a standalone PHP script that you drop onto a server, and it allows you to do the same thing, where you enter the values that you, that you the original values, and then what you want the, the values to be changed to. And it works exceptionally well. And I would, when looking at database migration options, WP Migrate DB Pro and the free version and this PHP script are pretty much the same thing in different yeah. forms um, and to different levels. But they, they more or less do the same things. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, the, and as far as I know, they're really the only options. And so if any listeners have any other ways that they handle database migrations... Should, if, uh, if anybody has a really awesome plugin or script for doing things like generating a staging environment with including the update to the URLs, if anybody who's used WP Engine is familiar with the way that that staging creation works, I'd love to hear about it because it's really cool. Definitely. I haven't, uh, I've heard about uh, Vagrant, is it? Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? V- Vagrant's pretty slick. I haven't checked mm-hmm. that out. You have? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's for creating development environments. Uh, right. So you can, basically, you can spin up a, a server on your computer, and it can like it can be any kind of server that you want. It can be a Windows server or a Linux server, uh, and it all runs inside of a virtual machine. So how is it, it, how's it better than, like, VMware or something? Uh, the idea that you can tear down or start up a server anytime you want very, very quickly. Uh, you can set up, you can have, like, predefined options, so like a lot of pe- a lot of people will have like their default plugins they install certain versions of WordPress um, things like that. It's it's pretty slick. If cool. if you haven't played with it, I'd suggest doing it. It's a it's very different than a deployment system though. Yeah. It's it's for creating development environments. I see. Cool. Shall we uh, move on and quickly touch up on backup and restore plugins? Yeah, so that I guess this is another option to do like to to copy a website from, you know, a to B, but uh, I would I would think of these as um, I think so when we talk about deployment, I would think of deployment as primarily like deploying changes. I mean, sure, the first time you might be deploying a full website, but after that, it's mostly just changes. Mm-hmm. For these plugins that we're talking about, like backup and restore, is really the the first time, or like if you're moving a full site, uh, or you're things like that. It's not going to be for for making small changes live. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have to do this several times a week or even a month. That'd be very <laughs> tedious. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what are some of these plugins? Uh, well, probably the, the most popular one is Backup Buddy, I would say. Um, yeah, from, that one's from iThemes. From iThemes. Uh, and it's, uh, but that's a commercial-only plugin, so uh, there's, there is actually no free option for that. Uh, but check it, it out. It works really I, well, though. Oh, yeah. I will get, I'll give them that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, back, Backup Buddy's great. Uh, check it out, iThemes.com. Backup, back WP up is another one. They have, uh, they also have a commercial version, but also a free version on the dot. I think I repo. used their free version a long time ago, um, but I, I honestly do not remember my experience with it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've, I don't think I've used any of these to be honest. Um, I haven't used the next ones we have. Yeah, Duplicator is, uh, is one on a free. Free only, actually. There's no commercial version. That one, I don't know anything about, except I monitor the WordPress.org uh, reviews form, and it gets a lot of reviews. Yeah. Uh, and most of them are good. So statistics point to it being a good plugin. Yeah. I have not tried it out. Yeah. I've, uh, 
I've also noticed several people that have, uh, you know, become customers of MigrateDB Pro, uh, and they've previously been duplicator users, uh, and they've moved to a different style of deployment. Hmm. Um, so it, it does sound also just from that anecdotal evidence sure. <laughs> that it's that's popular. But uh, and then we've got two others for uh, WP Clone and WordPress Move both of which are designed for moving a site. Yeah, both are free only and uh, available on the .org repo. So check them out. I mean, yeah. I don't, somebody the, should do a, a review of like all of these suckers in one. Yeah, a comparison just to see what see what each can do, what each what the limitations are. Yeah. Um, the only one that I can really speak for much is Backup Buddy, which is is really slick and it, it because it does your it does your standard backups, but it it also goes further. It gives you a file backup, a database backup. Um, it also gives you a restore tool and a migration. So just like how we were talking about with WP MigrateDB Pro um, and the free version and the search and replace script, Backup Buddy has the, the support for migrating the database between URLs as as well for doing all the, the advanced search and replace. And that's something that was the first time that I had used Backup Buddy was when I needed to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah, I think it's and it's it's pretty much it's like the de facto standard for backups. I think like I I know they yeah they've done a ton of work in making sure that it works on almost every single environment imaginable. Yeah, I I have had it fail, um, but to be fair, it was failing on a site that was enormous. Yeah, um, a site that was so large that I don't expect anything but like a truly hosted backup solution to be able to manage it. Mm-hmm. I know WP so. Engine forbids uh, Backup Buddy for some... I don't know why. They they forbid it for one reason only, and it's simply that it duplicates functionality that they offer. Oh. Um, so WP Engine has an automated backup system that they run and a restore system as well, and so they don't allow Backup Buddy just because it's not needed. Huh. Interesting. Personally, I think it's I think it's a little unnecessary to forbid it, yeah. Uh, because if I want to run duplicated backups, that's my business. It is kind of my personal. Or feelings. what if you wanted to but use I it to do a database much. migration or something, right? Sure, that'd okay. be another. I I think I mean they don't forbid it in that you can't install it. You will just get an email if you have it installed. Oh really? Oh, that's not so bad. Uh, well, I think if I, I I don't know if they have multiple ways of doing it. If you have a forbidden plugin. Um, <laughs> For example, broken link checker is forbidden. Um, right. And if you have it installed, it'll send you an, an automated email, and then it'll say like, if this is not removed after one week, it will be automatically removed. You know, you know. But I don't know if they have um, like tiers for the different levels of restricted plugins. So the, like, I don't know if there's plugins that are advised against simply because it's duplicated functionality, and then plugins that are actually forbidden. You know you're I'm a badass sure. if you're running a forbidden plugin. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I gauge it. <laughs> I'll admit, I got caught a couple times. <laughs> nice. Uh, should we talk Let's, a little uh, bit about uh, deployment to the WordPress.org repo? Yeah, certainly. So like, if you want to deploy a plugin. So anybody who's written a plugin for WordPress.org knows that you have to do it through SVN. In, in in general, uh, I mean, because the the plugin repository is all SVN, and so you need to use SVN to get your plugin there. Yeah, it's really now, not that bad. No, it's really not. Um, the guide that shows you how to do it on WordPress.org is pretty straightforward. 
Uh, it can seem a little scary if you don't know what SVN is or if you're unfamiliar with it, but once once you've done it a couple times, it's pretty easy. But there's some some cool options if you're not an SVN user. I mean, if you're SVN if you're an SVN user, that's awesome. I mean, you can go to town. But let's say that you have your plugins in GitHub or in a in a Git repository or any any other Git repository. Um, but you don't want to maintain two different versions of your plugin. I can tell you that I have a long list of plugins that I've written over the last two, three years, and this is and a lot of them were written before I was familiar with some of these deployment methods. And so I have a GitHub version of the plugin, and I have an SVN version of the plugin, and I maintain both of them, which is really, really annoying and obnoxious because I have to keep both of them up to date. Well, there's a couple of really cool scripts that allow you to do all of your development in Git, and then when you're ready to push out a release, it will push to S to the WordPress auto repository for you. Brad, have you ever used these? Uh, yeah, I use the uh, the one from Scribu. Scribu, I, mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I. It's it. They're fantastic. I use the one from Brainstorm Media, which is Paul Clark. Um, and basically, you just run it. It's a little sh script a little shell script that you run, um, and it will create a tag of your release. It will push it to SVN and do everything needed. So you do everything in GitHub and never touch SVN. Yeah. Which is That's, awesome. That sounds very similar to the Scribu scripts as well. It's so. it's uh, just one command, like you plug in dash deploy, and that's mm -hmm. it. You're done. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I don't, I don't ever write a plugin without them now. So yep. every single plugin that I do now, I mean, unless for whatever reason they're not on GitHub, which almost all of them are, will use these. <laughs> Just because it makes things so much easier. I, I used to actually dread doing plugin updates sometimes because it was just that extra amount of tedious work of saying, okay, my plugin's in GitHub, I'm going to copy it over to my SVN, and I'm going to do all these different things. And it was just extra work. Even though it only took a couple minutes, like knowing that it's extra unnecessary work like made me not want to do it. And now I'm just like, oh, Make my changes, commit, deploy, done. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Man, so. all this um, talk about SVN being like ancient uh, it's got me thinking about how old I am. Because <laughs> I've, I've used like, I used CVS before. I um, don't know what CVS is. Yeah. Aside from the pharmacy. Concur it stands for concurrent versioning system. And it was it was the one, the one that everyone used before SVN. And it was horrible compared to SVN. <laughs> so if you think SVN is bad, oh man, you got a good <laughs> with Git. Nice. Yeah, I know. I was pretty late to the version control game. Um, I never started using version control until about a year and a half ago. Maybe two years ago, right? It was right about when I was getting serious with plugin development. Was when I started to to get familiar with with Git mostly. I had used SVN. I mean, I've used SVN since the very first plugin I released, since I because I had to. But I didn't. Just because you use it doesn't necessarily mean that you fully understand or appreciate <laughs> like what you're doing. It's yeah. just like, oh, this is what I have to do to get my plug in there. Okay, that's fine. I think everyone. Uh that has used git it's like you know starts out at that stage right like you you're not gonna you that's the great thing about git it's you can actually get into it pretty easily uh just knowing it's, little bits and pieces uh and then that I, gets you into trouble and then you learn more i always <laughs> thought that 
Git was easier to learn than SVN. Um, but it's interesting because I've actually heard a lot of people tell me the exact opposite and that I'm crazy for thinking that. It's... That SVN is so much easier. And I think that comes from really learning and understanding version control with Git first as opposed yes. to SVN first. Absolutely. I was using SVN before I was using Git, but I didn't really have a, an appreciation for what I was doing. Right. It was Git is what made me fully understand the idea of versioning. The whole, um, so the whole me, branching Git is very simple. The whole branching thing between the two. It was to me. Was it was complete. super intuitive. Right, but it's so different between Git. Right, and, and very SVN. different. So that's right. I think and that's I think that's, big, that's big. where people start to say like, well, Git's so much harder. Mm-hmm. I think it's only, at least from my experience, it's only harder if you were previously fluent in something like SVN. Yeah. And then and as soon as you realize, you know, oh, Git. With Git, you can just branch all the things. And <laughs> branch it's them all. <laughs> and it's amazing, right? Because uh, awesome. in SVN, branches are painful. So you don't want to be branching that much. Um, right. As soon as, as, soon as you, people realize that, they're like, oh, my God. What was I thinking? SVN is <laughs> junk. So. Well, uh, I know there's so much more that could be said about deployment. We really yeah. only touched on on some of these. So again, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them in the show notes. Send us a, a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, or any other method you feel like getting in, tu- in touch with us. Um, we're around. Thanks to our sponsors for uh, Ninja Forms. Go check them out, ninjaforms.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. Cool.